You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Domain Masters, the longest running podcast where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including the legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain values, and monetization strategies. We show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business so you can gain favorable search engine rankings. We discuss power tools of the trade with the power players of the industry every week right here on Domain Masters. Please welcome your host, Victor Pitts. Welcome everyone. You're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. My name is Victor Pitts and I'm your host. I know many of you have been following the new GTLD process and and there's a, a lot to follow, and, and many of you may not understand all the, the nuances of, of what's been going on on the uh, ICANN side and with the applica- uh, applications uh, that have been submitted thus far. But we bring in someone on today's episode of Domain Masters. I think that is you'll find to be uh, very, very knowledgeable about the overall process and, and about uh, some of the specifics. And it's someone that we've had on uh, Domain Masters uh, back in August of, of 2011, and that's Dr. Liz Williams, who is the CEO of Sidare.com. And so I want to welcome back to uh, Domain Masters, uh, Dr. Williams. Liz, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Victor. Very well. Well, listen, Liz, you know, you heard the little introductions and, and you know, many of us are anxious to see what uh, new TLDs uh, are, are going to be, uh, you know, re- reviewed and, and possibly rolling out into the uh, marketplace. And, and I know that uh, there's been a lot of confusion uh, regarding the application process and, and, you know, meeting some of the uh, dates for uh, the application process to conclude. Uh, I know they have extended that. They had some problems with the uh, application system, the TAS system. I think it's called the TLD application system. And, and can you shed some light on it from from your perspective as an expert who's working on those applications? What, what does this all mean to the uh, applicants and, and the overall process? The first thing it means for applicants is confusion. 
which is very, very, very unnecessary and it's very distracting and it has been a very, very difficult time for many applicants. We were very fortunate that all of our applications which we submitted were done on time and fortunately they were also done uh, prior to the TAS closing. So we were not affected by the, um, by the announcement by ICANN that they were closing the TAS system down. And then the subsequent announcements that have taken place from ICANN really haven't given us any great comfort that they actually know what has actually happened. Um, and certainly one of the things that I'm most concerned about is access to data um, that would have given anyone an unfair advantage or any information about any other contending application. Um, so it's not a very satisfactory uh, set of events. Uh, one could have predicted it. Um, it is just terribly, terribly disappointing that it actually happened. Uh, and the technical, um, the technical veracity of the system was well and truly tested at the last minute. And we had consistently advised clients to not go down to the wire because of this exact possibility. And unfortunately, our predictions were, um, were made real on the day. Um, and I'm still not satisfied that we have sufficient answers and clarity from ICANN about what is actually going to happen. Um, so that's, that's the first piece of it. The second piece of it, of course, is that many of the other dates that have been set around the application system, for example, the reveal day, which will tell the marketplace what strings have been applied for by whom, um, is very, very likely to slip. And one would think, well, who cares about the 30th of April, just shift it to the 1st of May or the 2nd of May or whatever. Um, but that date is a very, very important date for many different reasons. The first is that it really triggers any objection, contention and auction possibilities. And this is the next really critical phase for all applicants that we'll be going through. Once you've got your application submitted and it's closed off, you can't make any changes to those, document, those, those documents that have been submitted. Um, but, of course, the reveal day will tell us, one, how many applications have been submitted, two, where there are clashes, and three, where one could predict likely objections. And that will begin another process that, again, we'll be advising clients uh, throughout that whole process on how to deal with objection. And there are only four grounds for objection, uh, which are contained in the guidebook. How to deal with contention which is a different thing um, altogether, which we you know, can't predict who's going to apply for what, but we know certainly that there is contention for strings already. And then I use the term auction, but that's a sort of catch-all phrase for what might happen in resolving the contention. And an auction is a very, very undesirable place to end up. One of the things I've heard uh, some people ask about uh, is: is there if if there is multiple applicants for the for the same uh, TLD? Um, what are some of the resolution mechanisms? You mentioned auction as, as a possible remedy. Are there other ones that are open to the uh, applicants to resolve oh, those other than auctions? Absolutely, and I and I really don't like the fact that, that applicants could well be forced down the road of doing an auction, um, which is really a waste of money. Um, so we've, you know, backed up a step there and we've said, as we did during the application process, we brokered many deals between, for example, funders and, and applicants who wanted to put together deals um, to do applications together. We put together many, many, many different relationships between um, second-level domain owners and, and new TLD applicants to make sure that, where possible, people shared the pie and didn't contend for the pie. 
the contention resolution system is going again to be like speed dating to make sure that that applicants really in a, in a quite a uh, difficult market and we know that it's going to be difficult because um, there will be plenty of new domain names coming out and it'll be tough to, to get them launched and, and going really well. Um, but before applicants even get over that hurdle, they've got to resolve contention because only one string, you know, dot .victor can go through the process. And what we are doing is broking, brokering deals, working with very different parties to work out what the best solution is for everyone all around um, and in an attempt not to have um, very, very expensive expensive auctions uh, take place, which I think is a bit of a crazy way of resolving difficulty. There will be high-profile auctions that take place and they will be handled by those who have a lot of money to secure the name that they absolutely want. But for many applicants, and I've seen lots of them, that would be a big waste of money. Uh, Dr. Williams, had had there not been an it, let's assume for the moment there's no further issues on, on the ICANN side, no further delays, and, and they very shortly say within the next few weeks, um, you know, conclu- or stop the, the application process has stopped and they reveal what applications have been submitted. What would you advise your, your clients or expectations you set with your clients um, of how quickly, how realistic could they come to market with a new TLD considering if, if everything was right on the ICANN side and there's no further delays? What's realistic? So I think realistically, first quarter of next year would be a sensible estimation, which is what we've had, you know, for all of our clients, that what we, that's what we've worked out for them. And that's uh, taking account of the fact that, for example, there will be no GAC objection and no problem with the board. There's just so many risk factors, Victor, that, you know, clients are not under control of and and it, the the problems with the TAS um, have highlighted the variables that that could interfere with any applicant's uh, go live uh, date. However, in exactly the same vein as we always argued for clients preparing their applications, there is never enough preparation for a go live launch. There's never enough preparation in sales and marketing plans, in PR positioning, in corporate in corporate branding, um, in establishing relationships with registrars, in, in building out reseller networks, in establishing partnerships, in setting up pre-reservation systems, in working on premium name auction strategy. And every single applicant, whether they're generic or a city or a brand or whatever you whatever the stripe of application you might have in the process there is never enough preparation time um, and that preparation time then if it's well used by applicants um, it means that they will choose the time that they go live and it won't necessarily, sorry go ahead no I was going to say uh Outside of those normal, you're absolutely right. In starting any new business, there's always you, you, you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best. And and there's always things that can delay in the process of setting up those business relationships and the infrastructure in order to support that business. Um, outside of those, you had mentioned some of those uh, external risk. You had mentioned you know objections by by GAC and and, and so forth. For um, for our, our listeners' uh, education, could you kind of touch on what some of those external risk might be and, and things that could affect uh, a TLD once it's approved, uh, the application submitted and closed and approved and everything looks okay on the ICANN side before it's actually accepted or rolls to the market. What are some of the external factors that you had, you had mentioned outside of the normal business startup? 
So you've conflated there in that description a couple of things. One is that, so I just want to go back a step and be really clear. One of the gravest risks, I think, to any applicant's new business, which is essentially what we're launching for them, is that the ICANN board changes. There are currently conflicts on the ICANN board, which mean that it's very, very difficult for decisions to be made with respect to new TLDs. Um, and so that's one, one issue. The second thing is there's a new CEO uh, going to be appointed early, uh, pr probably sometime early in next month, and we would expect there to be disruption when there is an appointment of a new CEO, an organisational disruption. Um, in September this year, the IANA contract will finally be resolved, and it, it is not clear to me that ICANN will continue to perform the IANA function, and that will be, again, another distraction. Um, leaving aside all of that, I think the business externalities relate to expectations that investors have of the, of the rate of return that they get on their invested money. And I really hope that anyone who's invested private equity, either a fund or an individual, has realistic expectations of what will actually happen in the go-live and launch of new TLDs. Um, and it is unlikely that there will be huge spikes of, of, uh, of registrations except in you know, a, a handful um, and, and we hope to be working with those handful. And then the others that are coming along behind um, need really to be thinking about choosing the right time that they go to market. Um, and that may not well may well not be straight away that they get their, their TLD delegated. It may be, for example, around an Olympics or around a World Cup or around a specific date like the sinking of the Titanic. Um, and they are external factors that will determine when the most attractive time is to get the attention of registrars to actually launch the TLD with the registry operator. Makes sense. Now, will there be, you know, this is when we haven't even concluded the first wave of the new applications, is what's the likelihood of us seeing a second batch of new TLD applications or going through this process again with ICANN in the foreseeable future? I'm hopeful that ICANN will stick to its date certain times, which are always a bit odd. Um, but I would expect that this round will be completed and then reviewed within an 18-month time frame, and then that the next application round will begin in about two years' time. Okay. And now for Sidari, who has... Um you know, I can't remember how long you'd been in business, but I think it's it's been under under a year that the business had started up, something like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but since the last time that we spoke six months ago, um, what has changed at, at Sidari as this process is continued to uh, to roll out? Um, how have things changed on on your end from from the business standpoint? We've had a really excellent. Um, last couple of quarters, we're really pleased with the way in which the team has gelled. We're pleased with our technology. We're really pleased with our client roster. Um, and we're also really pleased about the, the promise of the future. Um, we're now moving towards um, the finalization of our TLD business management platform, which is essentially an outsourced middleware solution for all TLD operators to be able to use our systems and processes rather than build their own from scratch. Um, we have secured the services of highly qualified staff and, and operational support to give applicants the best possible support as they go into launching their new businesses. Um, we've had a very good financial year. We don't release any financial data publicly, but we've been very pleased with how we've gone. Um, and we're now rolling into the next phase, which is our ongoing business management system, um, which, is a, which is a combination of uh, very clever technology and very clever people. 
Can you kind of explain it in terms of uh, a layman's terms and, and what it would mean for Sidari, what Sidari's role will be after the application process has has concluded and, and, and now it hits the next levels? What kind of interaction, um, describe just a little bit more about the interaction that Sidari will have with their applicants and, and with the marketplace oh, after sure. that application process is concluded? Essentially what we do is run the registry operations on behalf of a client. Okay. So we do everything that a registry operator loves like uh, the technical service providers don't do, uh, and we do everything that a registrar doesn't do. Um, so a registrar has the relationship with the registrants and the end user. The registry has relationships with um, the registry operators. The technical service providers have an operation uh, and a rela- an operational relationship with the with the string owners, uh, and we do everything in the middle from. ICANN policy compliance to pre-delegation testing to technical review to public relations and marketing, establishing market channels with the registrars, um, everything that, you know, that middleware of actually running the guts of the business is what we do on behalf of clients. Well, that's, that's, that's quite a lot of uh, work to be doing. Um, it yeah, yeah. Cer- certainly so is. And, and, and the majority of our clients take our full service, fully outsourced solution and they remain the face and the brand and the and the front of their business and they let us run the they let us run the shop. Folks, we're going to take a time out for commercial break. We'll be right back with more from Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. As you know, being an expert at f***... What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. 
We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Here's Victor Pitts. Welcome back to Domain Masters on WebmasterRadio.fm. My name is Victor Pitts, and I'm your host. I want to welcome back Dr. Liz Williams, who is the CEO of Sidari.com. Well, you know, considering how many people are currently in this this market space and how many newcomers are going to be coming in, that's it's wise to be uh, partnering up with experts to to uh, take on that kind of load uh, where you may not have the experience or qualifications to do so directly. But, well, but having the, having the business vision and so forth, and and the distinction and differentiation and what you're you're doing, but siding yeah. up with uh, the experts. I think, Victor, it's not just about saying things that are immodest or, or you know, self-aggrandizing. Um, but what we see is is an incredible talent desert, and everyone is fighting. Every new registry operator is fighting for the same technical resources, the same people, right at the very time that it's the most expensive and they're most sensitive to to their cash flow issues. Um, at the same time, we see also that the um, predictions of names under management that most applicants have made are very sensible and very reasonable, but they are small businesses for the long haul. And and we want to make sure that, that our, our clients um, don't waste resources on, on doing things by themselves when it's actually more cost-efficient and more effective and more competitive to do it on a shared services basis. Let me kind of flash forward um, 18 months from now assuming everything goes well and applications are approved and names are beginning to roll out, what impact do you think this is is going to have uh, both in terms of uh, impact on the uh, registrars uh, who now have uh, or challenged enough with dealing with the TLDs that are on the marketplace right now and and different registry um, operators and and, uh, uh, as well as CCTLDs, uh, what impact might it have on the registrars and how might that evolve that space, and and more importantly, uh, what difference do you think these new TLDs are going to have in, in the uh, uh, to registrants and uh, and the way that they use the internet? So, the best way to answer that question is to start from the users. The registrants we are seeing uh, having their needs addressed by new and really smart ideas. Some of the stuff that we've looked at and we've handled is so exciting, and it's so different and so new that we would be expecting um, uh, our, our applicants and you know, clients to do very nicely, thank you very much, addressing specific markets. That is going to be a challenge for um, the registrars to actually get a handle on what the new business opportunity is. We're spending a lot of time dealing with, um, dealing with uh, registrar partners to get them to understand that the world is changing, that their registry... Uh, partners that are, you know, for example, in our case, we can talk about Dot Africa, we can talk about Dot Moscow. These are guys that have got spectacularly good ideas to service different markets, and the registrars have to get on board with that. Naturally, they're unwilling because there's uh, there's a there's a time lag, there's a revenue lag, there's an integration problem. Um, many of our applicants are doing IDN applications for internationalized domain names, which will really put some pressure on. Uh, registrars to offer a customer service in all kinds of different languages. So it ain't easy, but we've got some time. You know, going back to the middle of our conversation about when do we see them to go live, uh, we do have some time to work with the registrar community and make them, you know, comfortable that this is the next big deal for them. 
Do you do you feel that there will be changes? And, and I'm going to ask some questions that I've I know in discussions with uh, various groups that I have talked to over the last uh, uh, six to twelve months. Um, what impact do you believe that the new uh, TLDs might have on such uh, things as, as search engines? Oh my goodness me! That is a really big issue, and I think the other big issue is the development of of email protocols to enable email to be delivered using IDNs. Um, the browser community and the the protocol community that design these really clever things that enable the internet to work have a lot of work, a lot of good innovative work ahead of them, um, and they need to crack on with it because it takes longer and costs more than you ever think to get this stuff working. And there'll be grave disappointments. If browsers and email clients don't work in the way in which non-Latin script users want to use them. Wow. Dr. Williams, is there anything else that you would like to impart in terms of information to our listeners? Oh, I'm so pleased to just have the opportunity to talk to you again, Victor. Um, it's, it's really great to have the, the chance to do it. We're very excited about what is going on, and we're very much looking forward to the next phase. Well, outstanding. We well, appreciate you uh, bringing us all up to date in terms of what's going on on the ICANN application side and, and uh, helping us to understand uh, or keep things in perspective in terms of the whole framework from uh, the delivery and the impact to the various uh, stakeholders in, in this process. And appreciate you being once again on uh, Domain Masters. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. See you later. Okay, folks, I want to turn my attention, or turn your attention, I should say, to uh, some of the happenings within the industry, um, bring you up to date on that. Uh, first of all, I'll talk a little bit about Domain Holdings. That's the uh, company that's founded by uh, John Ferber and Chad Folkning uh, down in Florida. And uh, Domain Holdings, who had a unique monetization solution um, and, and, and web development uh, business, um, been in, in process now or, you know, has, has been in operations now for a couple of years. Um, they're really growing uh, like crazy now. They have uh, expanded their domain monetization business or enhanced it by bringing in uh, an expert from the industry, someone that we all know um, and, and have a lot of respect for, and it's Jim Grace, who we used to be at uh, Oversee, and he now heads up the monetization business over at Domain Holdings. We want to congratulate Domain Holdings on that and, and congratulate uh, Jim on this uh, opportunity with a fast-growing, uh, well-thought-out, uh, well-run uh, company. And in addition to that, other news that uh, Domain Holdings have really added to their staff of, of their brokerage department and have expanded that and taken on contracts to uh, sell names. Uh, premium names, you know, directly from clients as well as working with uh, registries. And uh, they're well positioned for growth in the future. So keep an eye on domain holdings, both from a standpoint of monetization solutions as well as uh, for uh, brokerage opportunities as well as for development opportunities. So um, a pretty good company they put together. Keep an eye on them. Uh, other bits of uh, information uh, and something of making uh, Ron Jackson quite happy as an investor of .us is uh, .us uh, TLD is finally getting a big promotional push from uh, the registry and uh, Newstar who uh, has announced some uh, uh, promotional uh, things to uh, hopefully to grow that business and for more information on the the 
uh, .us promotion. Uh, Ron Jackson at DN Journal has done a, a pretty good, uh, or an outstanding, let's say pretty good, he did an outstanding little coverage of that, and it will give you uh, an understanding of exactly what it is that .us is doing. But when when you travel the world and you see how popular the CCTLDs are for the respective countries uh, that you travel into, um, and then you look at uh, you know the, the U.S. And, and what impact the .us has had on on the, the marketplace. It's been negligible to stay the, say the least, uh, but this is something that uh, hopefully will be changing now as a result of this uh, uh, renewed uh, effort uh, on the part of Newstar. So we wish them uh, a lot of luck, and, and hopefully that will um, be a successful uh, promotion. And uh, another piece of information is uh, on the domain sales. There's been some uh, pretty big domain sales uh, over the last uh, uh, well this year. And and one of the things that kind of stands out when I look at uh, Ron Jackson's um, you know data for for the year, and I, and I looked at the top uh, ten. Uh, it's customary, of course, to see uh, .com uh, dominate, and, and if not totally own uh, the top ten spots in in the yearly domain sales and in fact usually they they pretty well dominate the top 100 but within the top 10 i see a dot net that's in in position number four which was cdn.net at $185,000 and then up in position number three is saturn.pl saturn.pl so it's a country code and uh, that traded uh, for $189,000 well, say $190,000 uh, in, in a private sale so seeing two non.coms and one I'm particularly in the third position being ACCTLD is it just shows you the uh, the, the growth and, and, and the emerging strength of these country codes and in fact as you move right through to the uh, top 20 um, there's a Canadian DomainFlights.ca occupying position number 14. And uh, there's an XXX uh, name, FootFetish.XXX occupying position number 19. And then and it, and then you start hitting in the 20s and you start hitting a lot of other country codes. Uh, the .de's, you know, for example, have uh, positions in there, .me, .tv. So it's, .com is definitely uh, king. And there is no doubt about that, and we've we've uh, attested to that many many times on this show, and and uh, no one doubts the the strength of that as a TLD brand. But um, you got to watch these new TLDs as they are certainly capturing the attention of investors and businesses that are building their brands around it. So it uh, if if that's some sort of indication of of uh, maybe how things are going to change with the new brands that are going to be coming out with the new GTLD process. There might be opportunity there for both the investor as well as the um, companies that are going to be building brands to to move to alternative TLDs outside of the uh, .com space. So that's something uh, also you know to keep an eye on. And uh, I touched on .xxx, uh, which is uh, ICM Registry, and uh, ICM Registry has um, actually submitted uh, applications for some alternative brands um, in which they would what they're, they've announced on their website at icmregistry.com that uh, for 
any registrant that uh, has registered a .xxx name, uh, they are going to be providing that uh, you know ICANN concludes this uh, process that we had talked about with uh, Liz earlier. And once the application process uh, rolls out, if they're awarded these TLDs, the XXX um, registrant will also get grandfathered in at no cost the rights. You know, I understand it's not the name, but the rights for .sex, .porn, and .adult. They'll be reserved permanently. If they never use it, it's permanently reserved. But if you own a .xxx name, you'll also get a dot, you'll have reserved that same domain string in the extension of .sex, .porn, .adult with a disclaimer that they must they, they must first win the applications and since we don't know who else might have applied for it and so forth there there's no guarantees but if they are awarded those uh, TLDs then the XXX owners will receive additional value and that they'll have the additional uh, domain strings and interesting enough in, in talking to uh, Stuart Lawley who explained that uh, once they 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 have these names reserved. If they want to activate them, then they pay a registration fee with their registrar, um, and and pull these, uh, and then they're able to use these names as separate domain names, um, and they have the rights to them. Once they have uh, made turned them into domain names and they're no longer reserved, but actually they they possess the domain name, then they can trade them. They no longer have to stay associated to the XXX or totally independent, and they can sell those things off. They could use them. They can do whatever they they want to, but a very, very creative um, way of using the new TLDs and adding additional value to the, um, to the, for the registrants of the uh, .xxx uh, TLDs. So there's a lot happening in the industry. We really do look forward to uh, hearing which extensions are, are, have been applied for. And uh, I think that, as I understand it, ICANN is going to do like two passes through this process. Which one of the applicants uh, applications, you know, come through that have no competing applications for? Meaning that, let's use the example of uh, dot uh, dot adult. Uh, if there's only one company that applies for dot adult, then they get. Uh, and their application is correct and everything gets approved and they get dotted all. But if there's more than one, then it's got to go through a bidding process or some sort of resolution process to determine who will be awarded that particular TLD. So those ones will be um, put into a different category and addressed quick or address in, in a separate motion. Those that have no competing um, applications then will be processed in, in a more rapid motion because they they can just start moving those ones out and and clearing the house so we really do look forward to hearing what exactly has been applied for and uh, so we can all start putting our imaginations around uh, how this actually is going to roll out to the market and and benefit uh, the registrants so that concludes another episode of domain masters i hope that you have gotten something out of this episode as i know that i have Uh, please stay tuned next week Uh, for another exciting episode of Domain Masters, where you will learn to be the master of your domain. Signing out, this is Victor Pitts. You're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Take care, folks.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.